Hello, everybody. This is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost, the joy of junk journals, where we talk about everything paper-related, uh, junk journal making, making, paper crafting, life of a crafter, and answering your crafty questions. So today, I'm going to be cruising through some of your crafty questions, and the first question comes from Cruising Through Life with Cindy Huber. She says, I have recently been watching as many of your videos as I can during waking hours, lol. I'm now addicted. I can't wait to start my start. My Amazon card is full, which then makes me uh, overthinking. Haha, what's a basic good start? Glues, fabric, paper, tools, basic ink, and brush. Thanks. I love your channel. Um, I would say, that's a great question, Cindy. Where to start? What if you're brand new? What if you, you've, you, maybe you're not a crafter at all and you're just uh, uh, slowly tiptoeing in here. Uh, maybe you've got a few basic supplies from other crafting projects and you might have some of these already. What I would do is, if I had nothing, if I had never done this before, which I had stood in that exact same position that you're standing in, I took a look at what I already had and I started pulling it out and I started pulling out my glues there were not a lot and I had some weird ones and a lot of them were old and I wasn't quite sure what the best I didn't even know there was a best glue or a more preferable glue I thought glue was glue and that was it and you just carried on from there um, but I would pull out what you have and take a look at it and I would say the basics in the beginning are going to be your papers your glue and um, some, some way of sewing them together, like a string. And then from that point, or a stapler, if you want to start uh, with a stapler, you can totally do that. And um, those would, and some type of cutting instruments, uh, like scissors, uh, would be your baseline start. So if you've got some glue, paper, and scissors, you are off and running, and you can actually make quite a bit just with that. Now, I would still look around to see what you have in your home. Um, I would maybe take a waddle over into your bathroom to see if you have some old makeup, expired makeup that maybe you can use the pigment or the color from if you don't have anything like that. Um, and if you are okay to uh, do some shopping, then maybe you want to get some basic inks. I would say a good basic ink. I like to use the Distress inks or um, the Distress Oxide inks. Both are, both are good. I seem to get a lot more ink out of the Distress Oxides, plus you can, you can play with both of them with water a little bit. But um, I would say, bare bones, I would start with black and a brown. And you just pick your favorite black and brown. I only know the black soot, and I often work with either vintage photo or walnut stain for the brown, but there's lots of good browns in that line, or you can use a brown from any other line as well. And then you're gonna need some way to get the ink onto the page. And I would say two handy tools to have, to, to tr truly have a lot of fun with your inkers, would be the dauber, which is, a, it's a D-A-U-B-E-R, um, it basically looks like um, like um, like a spool or a, a, like a little like stick or something that you're going to glue something on the end. Now you can fashion this yourself with little homemade items if you like, or you can just buy the pre-made ones uh, at the thrift or the craft store. They sell them online too, and often they come with little foam tips or felt tips. 
and uh, both will work. They give you different uh, looks and feels, but I would say a basic foam tip to start can definitely get you going. And I made my own daubers in the beginning. I would just take makeup sponges, you know, those little wedge-shaped white makeup sponges, and I would use those, and it had no stick or anything, but that's what I would use. Um, and then I also had a, um, a bigger sponge. It was a circular, uh, like a disc-shaped sponge, um, and I, actually I used that until it completely fell apart. That was my very first uh, daubing tool. So you have options there. Um, and then the other one would be the densely packed paddle brush. That's really nice if you want to do any stenciling because um, when you lay your stencil down and you rub the paddle brush in your ink, it just really goes nicely through the stencil and gives you a beautiful image. So I would say that one's a little bit leveling up, but it's a lot of fun to play with if you're going to do stencils. Now stencils, you can use your own homemade stencils. You can make stencils or you can buy stencils. You can get them anywhere at the craft store or you can get them at um, uh, eBay. You can buy used stencils. Uh, thrift shops are great places for stencils. Uh, and again, making your own stencils is not very difficult either. And you can use a lot of uh, things around the house. Uh, if you look around, you're going to start to see that you can use things as stencils. Even nature, you can put a leaf or a, a twig or a stem or a palm frond or something down on a piece of paper and just spritz some um, color across it and you're going to get a nice stenciled image. Now, wait Pam, what are we using for our color that we're, we're spritzing over these stencils? This is different than using the rubbing ink um, from the distress inks. Yes, this is true. Um, I would say basics around the house might be um, if you have some coffee or tea, if you have the instant coffee crystals, then you can make it a little more concentrated, which is nice. And you just put in a little spritzer bottle and you can just spritz uh, right across a stencil. That would look really cute. You can also spritz across nature, like leaves and flowers and, and twigs and stuff like that to get imprints on your paper. And then when you put your paper down, then you put your leaves on it, and then you spritz, put another paper on top, and absorb that paper on top will absorb the reverse part of the ink. So you'll get two different images with one spritz, which is a lot of fun. We need to do that again. That was a blast. And this is a good time of year. There's a lot of, a lot of leaves out there that are just hearkening to become design. And those are fun to make en masse. And, and, and that is a great way, is a, just a dandy way to get yourself a bunch of signature pages that have nice light background imagery and you haven't bought anything more than printer paper or copy paper to do that with. Um, you can even do that over college rule paper. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Book pages, things like that. You can stencil over anything. So now you've got... Now, technically... If you want to make your own cover, you don't need a book at all. You can create a cover out of a cereal box or um, maybe lit, um, a magazine if you want to use a magazine to be, and sew it and make it thicker so that that could be your cover, you can do that. Um, you can also take the cover off an old book and use that as your cover. You can completely redecorate it, redesign it. You can cut the spine out and make it wider or thinner. 
You just have so many darn awesome places to start. Now, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a runaway freight train here because I'm going down different uh, things, but and I want to make sure I'm answering your question correctly because you asked what's a good basic start. Um, cereal boxes, yeah. I would start with like cookie boxes, cereal boxes, frozen dinner boxes, things like that, that already have some structure. Maybe they have a pre-built spine, so convenient for you, and you can work on um, uh, that right away and get going. And, and I think that you're going to find that there's a lot of fun involved in that process because you're already rolling. Um, so that's a great question. Yes, what are the basics? I would say glue, paper, scissors, and then look around your house for extra things. Maybe you're going to be finding um, some trims or fabrics or lace, things like that, what you might want to make, thing, make things out of. Um, then you might want to go through your old, um, maybe you have a fiction book collection, and maybe you could let a few of those go. They could become sacrificial lambs for extra papers uh, in your journal. Maybe you could make little envelopes out of them or pockets out of them. Maybe you could um, um, break them up and do collage with them. I mean, it doesn't take a lot of extra stuff to make a very, very beautiful journal. Um, I think there's a lot of fun in the hunt and people love to shop for journal stuff. And I agree, I'm totally guilty and I'm, I, I thoroughly go down that rabbit hole. And I think, you know, it's not a bad place to spend your time and your money because, you know, it, there's certainly worse vices out there than making books. So, um, uh, yeah, you can just dive into the whole world of possibilities. You can get all the electric machines and this and that, but that's all, you know, you know, down the road. Just honestly, I think the most fun comes from just creating with what you have and seeing where you can go with it. And then you will fall into the natural place where many of us fall is that everything is a craft supply until proven otherwise, because every, you'll, you'll be just walking around going, oh, I could put this in a junk journal. I could put that in a junk journal. That would be perfect in my junk journal. Um, tags for clothing. I mean, you just like any piece of paper that comes in the front door will be scrutinized with great scrutiny. And uh, yeah, off you're off and running. There you go. Um, thank you for that great question. Uh, Cindy, I love that question. That's fun. Um, Sherry Dennis asks, Pam, could you please explain the eyelet part of the crocodile? I never know which bottom part to use. Okay, the easiest answer for that is if you have the 3 16th inch eyelet, which is the bigger one, um, of the two that the crocodile will set, it'll either set a 1 8th, which is the smaller one, 3 16th, which is the bigger one, then you're looking for on the bottom of your eyelet setter to be the one that looks like a silver flying saucer disc. That one, it's the best way to describe it. Just look at them, rotate them until you see the one that's a silver flying saucer disc. And then um, make sure on the one on top has like what I would call the, the big nipple <laughs> pointing down and um, try squashing a few of those. If it doesn't work, um, it's either you've got the wrong size eyelet in there or you've got your eyelet upside down. Watch out for that. That make sure your eyelet, when you put it in the hole of whatever you're doing, that it it the it has that little mushroom ring at the top. Make sure that's looking back at you, and then place it in. Because sometimes people put it in upside down and it doesn't work. So um, try that. If you've got the right eyelet size and you've got the right orientation, then. I pretty much just leave that there because I use that 99.9% of the time. I have tried some of the 1 8th eyelets. I never get great results and I do have to adjust which bottom and top I use and I, I, I've, the ones I've tried I've never been, you know, it's never been fantastic so 
you know, there probably is a magic formula out there. And I'm pretty sure I remember the Crocodile 2 Big Bite came with some sort of little instruction card or explained how to do what. But I have, of course, since lost that many years ago. And I figured if I could just find one that would work, I could stick with it and I would be eyelet happy from here on out. And um, I'm not very demanding in the eyelet world. I just want one that works and works easily. Um, so yeah, flying saucer disc on the bottom and then the larger nipple on the top. Okay. Um, Linda A says, another fun Friday video. I'm planning to put my family's favorite recipes into a book for my daughter and son as a Christmas gift. Oh, great idea. <laughs> um, I, I still have a week. There's plenty of time, right? <laughs> Don't you hate it when the paying job gets in the way of what you'd really like to be doing? Boy, that's the truth, isn't it? Yes, um, you know you're falling in love with your crafting when everything else just seems like a complete imposition on your time because you could be crafting. I know that feeling completely. Um, yes, and uh, I think you have time. Um, I, I would say have fun with it. And let's say, um, you know, if you don't get everything in there, make the basic construct and uh, give them some starter family recipes and you can always gift them further recipes at different like birthdays and holidays and Christmas or um, you know Mother's Day things like that like here's another collection of family recipes for your book you can go ahead and just insert them into the pockets and maybe they'll even gift some recipes to you back um, I was actually just talking about this on a, a podcast that I think just came out two days ago where um, yeah, you could laminate the recipes and that way it doesn't matter if people splash on them. Um, you have to get a laminator or I guess you could use packing tape or something like that to seal it. But um, maybe this year will be the year of the laminator. I've resisted for a long time, but this could be the laminating year. We shall see. Great idea, uh, Sherry. And I hope that answers your question. Um, and oh, sorry, that was Linda's, Linda's question. And Janie Anderson asks... Pam, what do you think of using scallop edge scissors all around the edges of the junk journal signatures and then inking them? Is that too much? Okay, I love it, Janie. I think it's awesome. Um, I think it's very pretty, and I think I have done it in the past too. Um, it's gorgeous. I, I And inking it will make it look so beautiful and Victorian and, and just lovely and dainty, and it will really amplify that scallop so I say go for it have fun those little decorative scissors that we have all probably got pairs of and forget about uh, they are wonderful for um, trimming cutting uh, junk journal signature pages and you can cut all the way around or you can just cut the edges another fun thing you can do is tear the edges you can tear them with a tearing ruler or you can um, just hand tear them you'll get different looks you'll get um, deckled edge uh, scissors I like a lot too they give you a pretty kind of rough edge sort of pseudo torn pseudo styled very very gorgeous um, and um, yes, I, you know, and thank you for bringing that back into the realm of our existence because sometimes we forget we have these other toys to play with. And those things have been out forever, but really they do serve a great purpose. Um, they give you great variety and the uh, distinction. And number two, the, the one little thing is you probably can't cut a bunch of papers at once because I don't think they're designed to handle multiple sheets that you're going to do very well with one sheet. So it might be, you know, a little laborious going through and cutting each individual sheet, depending on how many pages you have in your junk journal, but the end result will be stunning. Yes, there you go. Um, uh. <laughs> uh, Janet Gunter is helping me neutralize. Did you mean the word neutralize when I was talking about like how to neutrify a, uh, 
uh, probably I said some weird, weird, and you're probably right, Janet. Neutralize would be the word I was I was uh, grasping for desperately as I was hanging on the edge of the, the junk journal cliff there. Thank you for the rescue. Um, Janie Anderson asks, Pam, have you made a junk journal or full signature using subjects and letters from your first initial P or S for sunshine as the theme? I have done something like that, and that reminds me of a journal challenge that I had in my Facebook group a long time ago. I can't remember if I said use the first letter of your first name and then something else and something else. And I just gave people those three things and off and running or something like that. And let's just see what they come from. But that's that's a fun, that's a very fun uh, theme to do. Um, like everything in your journal has to relate something to the letter of your first, first initial of your uh, name. Um, and, and just see what you come up with. Um, you know, P could be pink or prickly or pear or pansy or petunia or, you know, Pollyanna or, uh, pretty, um, painstaking, uh, Ploofy. Um, I don't know. Is that a word? It, it is in my world. We have a lot of extra words words in my world for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> okay. Um, Minka Demko has a question. She says, hi, Pam. My husband hears you while I listen and watch. And he asked me, what do you do with these? I love these. I love these husband questions. What do you do with these journals? What is, what is the purpose? He sparked a brief conversation. The playing with the craft supplies and use it for whatever you want was not a good answer for him. Why don't you just buy a blank book, he says. I, I totally get that. I totally get that. Um, well, I guess that would be a kind of saying like uh, to all the quilt makers, why don't you just go buy, go buy a blanket? All the soap makers, why don't you just go buy soap? Actually, I had somebody say that to me when I was making soap. Um, why, why do you make soap when you can just go buy it? <laughs> um, I think it has something to do with the journey and not the destination. And also there's, for me personally, there's the feeling of getting lost in the process. And there's a very Zen-like experience and a lot many joys as I um, discover and learn new things as I go. Um, there's the thrill of actually making a book. There's something very, I don't know, antiquated or grounding or uh, being a bookmaker. I don't know, there's something really cool about that. It's just kind of a cool feeling like, yes, yes, I make books. Hello, I make books. How, hi, how are you? I make books. That's what I do. Uh, I don't know, it's just kind of a cool thing. And um, books carry an inherent sense of value, whether they're handmade or store-bought, but there's something reverent about a book, which it, now I'm gonna get in trouble here from all the card makers, I've said this before. It goes beyond the feeling of a card. I don't, it's not, I'm not insulting card makers. God bless all the card makers. And really, a card is like a small book, right? It ha you open it, you look at the inside, you close it. But people will tend to hang on to a book longer than they will a card. Now, I know there are people who save every card, and I am probably guilty of that too, because, well, actually, I look at the cards as uh, potential craft supplies because I'm looking at those covers and that wonderful thick paper, and I'm just thinking, ah, we can do something with it. And um, if you're really emotionally attached to what somebody wrote in it, take a photograph of it. Take, have a little file in your photograph section in wherever you take your photographs and just put all your written card things and then know that it's probably okay to go ahead and use the card for other purposes. And uh, I'm very excited. Um, cards have great potential in the craft world. Um, but that is so funny, Minka. Um, yes, well, um, 
you know, it's almost trying to explain to somebody what chocolate tastes like. In order for them to truly get a full sense of the experience, they just have to take a bite. And maybe, just maybe one day, um, your hubby might get become inclined to make a book. Now, I got the same squirrely face from my hubby very often. You know, he was, you know, wondering what on earth. And they're taking up a lot of room. And boy, you're buying a lot of stuff to make those books, Pam. And uh, yes, 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 that was all true. But the, but the, the joy that came, from, you know, that I felt from making these... I mean, honestly, that was the best deal ever because um, it was worth every penny. But I just don't know how to describe it. Um, uh, you know, I hope I hope that I don't know. I don't think that helped at all. But um, I just want you to know you're not alone in getting asked that question and wondering how the best way to answer it is. And um, I would say the best thing to do is let it go. Uh, let go the need to try and explain why it brings you joy because we may never be able to put into words the joy that we feel doing this but if your husband looks at you and he sees a happy mama or a happy wife whatever she's doing I hope that brings him joy and uh, you know hey just tell him it could have been Gucci and Prada but it's junk journals so I think you're getting the good end of the stick there honey pie <laughs> there you go <laughs> all right Everybody, you guys have a fabulous, um, heartwarming Christmas, whether it's a quiet, solitude Christmas where you're just, you know, centering and focusing and, and gathering your thoughts in your own mind, or the, the big herd is coming over, or you're going over to join a big herd, eat way too much, have way too much fun, laugh way too hard, enjoy yourself, hug everybody, and um, Merry Christmas, everybody. Love you all. Take care. Bye-bye.